Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. In particular, we're going to focus on some models in your business. So every business has four models. You have your budget model, you have your economic model, 
you have your lead generation model and you have your organizational model. That's really great infrastructure for a good business. And today I wanna focus on the economic model. And here's why, because if you spend time, energy and effort into the eco model first, it essentially feeds those other models for you. So ask yourself the question, what is an economic model? For those of you that don't know, it's very simple. It's just a formula that describes how your business runs. And what's interesting is that whether or not you've actually taken the opportunity to create an economic model for your business or not, you have one. So if you don't know one, let that be uh, a little a little note that you put down on your piece of paper. You have one, go figure out what it is. So my goal today is to give you some practical and tactical tips on how to build an eco model. If you're already running a business, how to go back and get the data that you need so that you can see what your eco model is and how you need to tweak it. So um, an, eco mod an economic model essentially uh, is posed around three questions and they're very simple questions. The number one, is, the number one question is, where is my money coming from? Now, in business, we refer to this as gross, gross income. Number two, where is my money going to? In business, we refer to that as expenses. And number three, how much is left over for me? And in business, we refer to that as net. Now, what drives this model is essentially activities that are tied to a projected outcome. Where people go wrong is that they start doing activities with no projected outcome and they just think, well, you know, if I work really hard and I take a portion of that money and I put it back into my business, right? I invested in things like marketing or leverage or whatnot, and I just do that over and over and over again, then I'm going to become extremely successful and I can net all the millions that I want to in the world. And the reality is that's wrong. Working hard and investing your money are not going to get you to success. It's just not that easy. So what I can tell you is that this model that we're going to talk about today, it works for any size business. So whether if you run a business right now and you are the leverage, that's it. You're the salesperson, you're the lever leverage. So you take out the garbage, you do all the admin paperwork, you file all the reports, you do all of it. So whether you're a one-man show or you're a big organization, this model works because it is a big model. And big models work for businesses regardless of what size you are. Now, let's talk about an example of this, right? So I'm in the real estate space. For those of you that don't know, my name is Amanda Dahl, and I own a coaching and consulting company. I'm also a licensed realtor. And the last six and a half years um, of, my, of my time in real estate, I spent building an organization. I... I absolutely was a leading hand in that. And we started with just two people and we grew that organization to 20 uh, with uh, this year, they'll sell about 300 homes and that's about a hundred million dollars in uh, sales volume. That's just over 3 million in GCI. So that's a lot of money to be looking at regularly, right? And so when we look at our eco model, where's our money coming from? What are we spending it on and how much do we need to keep? Those numbers that I just gave to you, like they sound like super sexy, like who wouldn't want to have a business like that? And yet, if you don't do this piece right, this model right, what you'll find is you could have an organization that big and really not be making any money. And so some of you might say, well, Amanda, you know, money's not the most important thing to me. And I get that. I 100% get that. And yet, 
money should absolutely be the focus with this mindset. If you don't care about how many zeros are in your bank account, that's absolutely fine. Then make more money for the good that the money can do. Because when you're netting more money, you can do great things like the initiatives that Vernita was just talking about. You can really invest it back into now the people that are in your organization and help them create generational wealth. You can put programs in place. You can start nonprofit organizations. So when I talk about money today, it does, doesn't just have to be that I need more zeros in my bank account. Quite honestly, you know, Glenn talks about it all the time, giving back money What that. I believe the rule is the 70, 10, 10, 10 rule. I mean, 10% of that he's giving back. Wouldn't it be great if you could give 70 back? If you had a goal to, to build a business that net a million dollars, I mean, that's a fantastic business model. And yet, what if you could give a million dollars? Wouldn't that be amazing? So regardless of what your mindset is around money or what, would motiv what, what motivates you around wanting to make more money, just think in that regard. It doesn't necessarily have to be just for you. You know, maybe you, maybe you live a lifestyle where you don't need all the flashy stuff. You don't care about any of that stuff. That's great. That's wonderful. What good can the money do for the people that are in my world? So think about it that way. So with this model, there's really three areas that you have to focus on. The first one is you need to focus on the numbers that you must hit. Number two is focus on the appointments that you set. And number three is focus on your conversion rates. Now, there are things that happen prior to setting appointments, and yet we know that once we set the appointment, we've actually converted somebody into an appointment to actually really speak to us about buying our service or uh, I'm in real estate, so buying a house or selling a house. Lead generation needs to come before that, and yet really it starts with setting the appointment. And once we've set the appointment, then we focus on what our conversion rates are in those things. So how many appointments did I set? And of those appointments, how many of them did I actually get to sign with our, our team, our brokerage or whatever? Um, and then from those signings, how many did we actually get under contract? And once we get those under contract, how many did we actually get to close? And the reason that these numbers are important is because a lot of the times people just think, all right, I'm going to go out and talk to a bunch of people. And then they don't think past that. And we've got to know what rates we're converting at, what, what percentages we're converting from each part of the process. So it doesn't matter what you're selling. You could be selling cars. You could be selling toasters. It really doesn't matter. So number one, again, is focus on the numbers that you have to hit. Number two is focus on the appointments. And number three is focus on the conversion rates. And while it starts with appointments, every single one of these things matter because you could set a whole bunch of appointments. But the reality is, if you actually never convert them into a sale, what does it matter? If you from an appointment after you set it, so let's say you did convert it into an agreement signed. Well, once they sign an agreement in the real estate industry, that's great. So now you've got a house that you're going to put on the market, but you still need to sell it. And then once you get an offer on that listing that's on the market, that's wonderful, but it still actually has to close. And until it closes and you get that check in your hand, every single one of those stages absolutely matters. So while it starts with appointments, it is absolutely critical that you make sure you know how you're converting. And here's why. Because when you pay attention to those conversion numbers in your business, it causes you to ask questions. For example, if I'm talking to a bunch of people, let's say, I, let's say this week I talked to 150 people and of those 150 people, you know, I set 10 appointments. That's great. 
And then I set 10 appointments. And yet at the end of the week, I only got one person to sign with me. When I'm looking at those hard numbers, it gives me clarity and it raises a red flag. How did I set 10 appointments and I only got one person to sign with me? What would cause that? Is it that the appointments that I set weren't necessarily truly appointments? Maybe they were just like previews or people that were just interested in getting more information. I need to know that. Was it the people in which I attempted to set appointments with? Did I add the right question? Did I ask the right questions? Did I find out more about where they're at in their journey in purchasing a home? And then furthermore, do I need to up my game and my skills, right? Maybe I had a great quality lead and they were absolutely interested in finding someone to sell a home for them. And yet I couldn't close them at the table. I didn't know how to handle their objections when they came up. So all these numbers absolutely factor into the equation. And it's not just one that's important. It's a domino effect. So when we talk about the economic model, like I said, it'll, it'll really... It really serves any size business. And here's the difference. Once you get to that point where you have more than just you in the organization, and we can use a business, for example, that wants to net a million dollars. We know we can't have a business model like that without having additional people in it. So whether it's a real estate team or it's a car dealership, you're going to have additional leverage. And when you, when you add leverage into your organization, the only thing that shifts a little bit in that model, if we go back to... The three, um, the, uh, the three points of the model that I made, which are first and foremost, where is my money coming from? So that's gross. Number two, what are my expenses? And, num and that's where's my money going to? And number three, how much is left over for me? And that's net. So you got gross minus expenses equals net. Same model, and yet when it's more than just one person and you have to start bringing in leverage, like additional salespeople to help you get to your goal, the only thing that changes is that expenses column, where is my money going to? You're going to divide that expenses line into two different categories. The first one is going to be cost of sale. The second one is going to be operating expenses. And here's why. Because when you bring more salespeople into your organization to help you reach your goals, there's going to be a cost to that. So whether it's a percentage, uh, you know, percentage of a commission or it's, you know, maybe it's total half of the sale, you split it 50-50. Maybe it's only 10% or 20%. Maybe depending on what industry you're in and what it is you're selling, there might be two or three people that have a hand in it. For example, on a real estate team, you could potentially hire me to sell your home like me, my organization, and I might be, not be the salesperson that's working directly with you. And so I pass you off to an agent that's on my team to help you. Well, I automatically know that there's going to be a split there. So let's just say that split is 50%. But then let's say that that agent has been working with you for a while. And then when they, uh, when it's fine, when that lead that they're working with has, is finally ready to go look at some houses, oh man, that agent has booked a, a vacation. So maybe they needed to have someone step in to do the home showings for them. So someone's going to take them out on a home tour. And maybe they agreed with that person that if you go do the showings, I'm going to pay you 10% of the commission. So now you've got three people in it. Either way, I know there is a cost associated with that lead based on who I'm passing it off to on my team. The second column that I explained, the, uh, the, uh, 
the operating expenses in your business, those are things like, what am I paying for in rent, salaries for any, any employees that we've actually hired for our organization. Um, it could be things like uh, some other fixed expenses like phone systems and technology and, and things that you need to actually operate the business. And then the net stays the same. The net is the net. So when you're looking at that formula, again, same formula, just looks a little bit different. That would be gross minus cost of sale minus operating expenses equals whatever my net is. Now, these numbers are completely 100% clarity in your business to feed everything else into it. Because once you know what you're working towards, I'm working towards that net a million dollar goal. I now have clarity on what that is. I want to net a million dollars. Now you can work backwards in the equation through your organization. So if I'm a real estate agent that wants to make, you know, 150 or $200,000 next year, now I have a goal in my, I know exactly what I, I need to do, or I know exactly where I'm going. And now I need to figure out how I'm going to get there. So I would work it backwards. The first thing that I would factor in is, well, what are my splits going to be? Am I a real estate agent on a team? Or what are my splits going to be with my brokerage? So I've, I factor that in as well. And then based on the price point that I'm working in, what's, what price point homes am I selling? Am I selling $250,000 homes or am I selling $500,000 homes? Because that's absolutely going to make a difference. And then from that point, the question becomes, what's the average commission that I get per sale? Is it a 3%? Is it a 4%? Is it a 2%? Is it a 6%? That's going to matter. So because I know exactly where I'm going, I'm a business who wants to net a million dollars. I'm a real estate agent who wants to net 150,000 or 250. I can work my way backwards. And this is why it's so important because just putting a number up on a wall and not understanding how you're going to get there or by thinking what I said earlier, which is if I just work really hard and I take some of that money and I invest it back into my business, then I'm going to make a lot of money. That doesn't work. So now I'm building out a plan that's actually going to get me there. So I want to net $150,000. And I know that my average price point is about $250,000 per house. And I know my average commission is X amount of, what, a 2%, let's just throw out 2% there. Fantastic. So now... I can work my way backwards with who do I need to talk to and what rates do I need to convert at, which points us in the lead generation direction, right? And so what that might look like is, well, in order to achieve that, I know that I need to close at least 15 houses. However, in order to close 15 houses, I might need to get 19 people under contract because every person that I get under contract on a house is not going to close. That's just the reality. There's a fallout rate there. And then every person that I get under contract. So if I need to get 19 people under contract, well, then I might need to get 25 people to sign agreements because every person that signs an agreement with me doesn't mean I'm actually going to get their house under contract. So if I need to get 25 agreements signed, well, then how many appointments do I need to set? I probably need to set like 50 appointments because I know every appointment that I set is not going to turn into an agreement signed. And then if I need to set 50 appointments, well, then how many people do I actually need to be talking to? So how many leads do I need to have in my pipeline? Because I know every lead that falls into my pipeline is not going to turn into an appointment. 
So you see how you start with the goal in mind and then you can work your way backwards to figure out what are the what are the numbers in each category of the process that I need to meet. So I know I need to talk to 200 leads in order to set 50 appointments, in order to get at least uh, what did I say? 25 agreements signed in order to get at least 19 people under contract so that I can actually close and get a paycheck for 15. Cause I know if I close and get a paycheck for 15, I'm going to net $150,000 next year. Now here is where you actually have to collect data for a short amount of time so that you can get these numbers right. Because those, those ratios in between from lead, to appointment, appointment, to agreement, agreement, to under contract, under contract, to closing, those transition, those ratios in between there, you got to figure out what your conversion rate is. And on your economic or on your, uh, on your model, when you build out this economic model, you can absolutely put what your goal conversion rate is. I know that when I talk to leads, I want to convert at least, you know, 20% of them to an appointment. And then once I set an appointment, I know I want to convert at least 65 of those to agreement signed. And then once I get an agreement signed, I want, I know I want to get at least 80% of those under contract. And then once I get 80% of those under contract, I know I want to close at least 90% of those. So you've built in fallout rates in between. Great. That's wonderful. You have goals now, but what are your actual conversion rates? If those aren't it, you got to figure out what your conversion rates are, which is why it's so extremely important to track your numbers. So let's talk about some tools that will help you track these things. So first and foremost, a chart of accounts. A chart of accounts is a fantastic tool, and it is just that, a chart of your accounts. So when I'm spending my money, I need to record it. And so some... Um, helpful business tips that might help you uh, that that uh, could probably help you in this process are first and foremost you need to have a business account right we don't use our personal accounts and I know some of you might be like really Amanda yes absolutely there are people who don't even have proper business accounts set up so that's first and foremost so all of the money that you're making in your business is going into one business account and then any transactions that happen outside of that account they're all going to be recorded so you have one place to go to to find out where your expenses are now depending on your beliefs around money, which I totally have respect for, I'm a fan of getting the most. Now, I, for several years, actually for the whole six years that I was building a real estate team, I was in charge of the finances. So every single month, I was looking at these numbers. And so when it, come, when it came to how money was coming into our organization and how it was leaving our organization, like I ran a very lean, mean machine. And sometimes I would look at our numbers and I'd go, oh my gosh, like we're already lean. Yet how do, how do we cut our expenses by 10%? Can we cut them by 10 more? Like, let's look. Are we really using the technology that's $17.99 a month? Let's find out. And if we're not, we're scratching it. And for the record, anything that ends in 99 cents, you probably shouldn't have it anyway. And then... I would look and go, okay, where are, we, where are we paying out in bonuses? Where are we paying out in cost of sale? Where are we paying out in salaries? Like I would look at all those numbers. And so when it came to like paying the bills, our operating expenses, the way that I had our business set up back then was all of the money went into our business account. And then we had a, a card that was tied to that business account, a debit card. And so I would set that up online to have all the payments come out of it. And then I could absolutely see every one of those transactions. 
And at the time I had a personal credit card that was earning me cash back rewards. And I was like, I wonder, since I'm looking at our numbers every single week, I'm looking at our expenses and I'm seeing how can, how can we make us more profitable? How can I cut some costs? How can I cut some costs? I said, I wonder. So I went and did some research on business credit cards and there was a Capital One, uh, I believe it's Sparks card that was offering 2% cash back on every single thing that, thing that we spent. And I thought to myself, well, we already have the money in the account and it was just directly coming from the account. Why don't we make the credit card the monkey in the middle? So what we did was we put the, we, I then took the debit card number out and I put the credit card number into everything that we were paying. And I set that credit card up to auto pay the entire balance on the 18th of the month because we were not incurring interest. What I don't want you to misunderstand is go get a credit card, run up a whole bunch of business expenses on it, and then you can't pay it. That's not what I'm saying. You absolutely should have the money to pay that statement off every single month in full. And then on the 18th of every single month, that card was paid off. And on average month, I was earning 15 to $1,700 in free money with those cash back rewards to our bottom line just by simply changing one little process. And yet, if I wasn't looking at our numbers constantly, crunching them, going, how can, how can we cut it? How can we cut it more? How can we cut it more? And still provide the level of service we want to and still make sure our organization is functioning like it should. Those are the creative ideas. Those are the things that you can think about when you're constantly looking at your numbers. Number two would be have a P&L. P&L stands for a profit and loss statement. And so that's literally all of the things that are in your chart of accounts, all of those expenses that are recorded every single uh, month, every single day, every, however often you're paying those bills, you're looking at those numbers at least once a month. Do they, why were we charged $20 extra this month on this service the last month? Oh, because we, it's, it was our renewal period and we had to pay an additional $20. Perfect. Makes sense for me. Move on. Why did so-and-so get X amount extra dollars this month? Oh, because he actually got a bonus for some, okay, perfect. That makes sense to me. Or, oh my goodness, this has been showing up on our PL over and over again, and I don't even know what it really is for. Do we even really use that? Oh, no, we haven't used it in six months. Okay, cut it. Or this dollar amount, oh my gosh, this is allocated toward a lead generation source. And you know what? Let me go back and look if that lead generation source is actually returning on our investment. Oh, it's not? We haven't converted a lead from there in six months? Yep, we might need to think about cutting it. So this is a way for you to hold your money extremely accountable because the reality of the situation is the business earns the right to go spend money. You don't start with a business and then go spend money. The business has to earn the right to spend money and it earns the right by showing a return and making sure that you're looking at your numbers constantly. So I'm going to pause right here because I know we have five minutes left. Any questions at all? from anybody or did that completely is everyone's head spinning it's friday we're talking about numbers you know nope just flash your mic if you do otherwise i'll continue on perfect okay so uh covered profit and loss statement the next one is having a pending and closed and so a pending and closed sheet is a sheet where you can record everything that you currently have pending. So in real estate, that would be anything that is actually under contract. It has a contract and we know it has a close date. We know it has a dollar amount. We know it has a commission rate tied to it. So anything that's pending or anything that has already closed for that year. And here's why, because at any given time, a good business person will know how much money are we, how much money are we bringing in this month? 
How much money did we bring in last month? How many sales did we have? And this pending and close, it can track a number of things. It can track the number of units. It can track the dollar amount and volumes. It can track the commission rates. It can, I mean, it can track the lead sources. This pending and closed, you can build it out however you want. You can make these categories custom to your business and what would be relevant. In real estate, it was really important for us to track per month how many units we were actually closing, what that equated to in sales volume, what that equated to in uh, gross commission, splits out to agents on our team, and then what the team was actually, I call it gross net because it's netting before expenses, right? And then we even tracked on their lead sources. So if we were gonna close 15 transactions this month, I wanted to know where did those leads come from? And because I had this pending and closed and it was up on my desktop every single day, I would look at that thing. I knew, and when I looked at the month and I'm like, oh my goodness, that marketing effort that we're doing, we're getting ready to close seven transactions from that. Oh, we should look at maybe pouring more money into that because it's giving us a really great return. But these are all things that I kept my eyes on constantly and I was looking at constantly and these like the most important thing from this is that it causes you to ask questions in your business so you don't wake up and go oh my gosh we don't have any money in the account we don't have any money coming in like literally we could we could probably survive for three more months or four more months we don't have anything in our pipeline what are we gonna do you don't ever want to be in a position like that so if you constantly have your your eyes on the business that's coming in those three questions again, right? The money that's coming in, where is it coming from? Where is it going to? And what is the business actually netting? And I'll pause there. Any questions? Any feedback? Any mash, uh, mic flashes at all? Is anybody with me? Amanda. Amanda. I just walked back over here to the, to the table. You're doing amazing. Amanda, I'm, I'm listening and learning. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, my friend. I heard a couple other people. I just want to make sure everybody's with me, or at least you guys can hear me. Amanda, yeah. hey, hey, Cindy Ariona here over in Salt Lake City. Um, Amanda, I tip my hat and salute you. You are the most incredible run this ship type. Uh, you know how to run a tight ship. I've learned so much from you. I'm almost speechless because my head's spinning. I'm taking notes. Um, your systems are so simplified, but so on point. I mean, once you get them in place, it just simplifies such an overwhelming. I mean, the things you brought up. First, first time I heard you speak about this, which was not today. So uh, I invite you all who are here on stage to follow Amanda and, and listen to her, how she goes through. This is golden. This is such valuable information on how to set up, strategize, and, and run a business. Um, it's helped me immensely. I applaud you. I thank you. You're fantastic. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you so much for that. I heard one more person on mic before I switch it over to Susie. No, I, maybe I didn't. Okay. Well, in that case, I appreciate you all. I hope you took notes. Feel free to follow me. If you have any questions about what we talked about, I am happy to dive deeper into this with you. It's extremely important for your business model.
Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.